Gil Whiteley is Whiteley So. Whiteley So with Gil Whiteley, Mile High Sports. Welcome, Gil Whiteley with you for the next hour. Uh, we're going to go into the coaching search. Uh, they got odds on the coaching search at this point. The odds look a little strained. Uh, I've been doing... I've been talking to some insiders, but I'm not sure the insiders even know what, what, they, what they do and don't know. Uh... Uh, I, right now, the outs, the outside guy, Quinn, Quinn is, I think, the favorite right now. Uh, they're talking right now, currently, right now, they are talking to Sean Payton. Uh, they are... Uh, <coughs> this will be the third meeting that they, their second meeting, that they will mention what, <laughs> Andrew? Yes, go. This is the second meeting that the Broncos ownership will mention what? That they're the ones running the show? No, that price is no object. Remember, I told you there was going to be three meetings where they bring, where they use that. They had the phone, they had the phone call. Okay, they said price is no object. Now they're in L.A. actually meeting, uh, and uh, and price is no object. I promise you, <laughs> that that came up today, uh, 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 as it might be. Uh, and uh, Dan Quinn is coming up. Harbaugh is out of there. I have said all along Harbaugh was not going to be the guy, and he'd most likely stay at Michigan. So that's what he's doing. I am still not sure that Sean Payton is the Broncos' number one selection, and I was that was reaffirmed to me by someone in the building today. You know what I refer to when I say in the building? Somebody that works in the organization. In the Broncos headquarters, yeah. <laughs> that that he certainly he's certainly a, a front a front runner, but I don't know if he's the number one guy. I'm not so sure. The Broncos also today will be talking to to Raheem Morris. As long as it's not Raheem Moore, do you remember Raheem Moore? The name sounds yeah, vaguely he gave familiar. Up, yeah, he gave up the pass that lost him a get chance to go to the Super Bowl <laughs> back in back in uh, Peyton Manning's first year. Yeah, right. the uh, the the day that I moved to Colorado was the day that Raheem Moore gave up that touchdown, which oh, allowed the really? Ravens. Oh, really? Is that true? Oh, that's cool. Okay, I'd see that you have a reference. You know, that's that's the uh, that's how I know it. That was the day that I moved here was because yeah, I was I so can, excited I about playoff see, football, and they're out the first game. Raheem Morris's name without thinking of Raheem Moore. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Dan Quinn, I think, might be their favorite. Uh, Ujiro Evero has had his has had his uh, interview with the team. Now they were they the Broncos were never going to give the head coaching job to Evero this year. That just wasn't going to happen. Oh, they, they did offer him. They did offer him the the temporary job uh, before they before they passed it up, passed it on. Which I'm glad that happened. But he didn't want to be on. The, he didn't want to start his NFL career as a head coach with two losses, which is probably a good move. Well, they finished up the season one and one. But uh, so, but Evero turned that down. Caldwell has already talked to them. He's a, he's a really outside guy. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not giving up on Caldwell. Uh, Frank Wright. Uh, he's been mentioned as a as a coach. So someone I saw somewhere where where they that Frank Wright. They've, they've taken him off the board. I don't think so. There's no reason to take him off the board or move in a different direction. Frank Rake is a guy that that you know when when it comes to availability, when it comes to compensation, uh, all the different things that are going there. And if and if Sean Payton is not the guy. Dan, and Dan Quinn is the guy. Uh, see, I, uh, I think uh, I think Dallas stays pat. So, I, I, so Quinn is not going to uh, McCarthy is not going to lose his job, and so Quinn would not be getting the the most likely. Uh, but I don't think Jerry wants Quinn to leave that building. And Jerry, I think, will make a run, can continue to make a run to keep him there. I don't know if he really can, but boy, Quinn's off defense looked good last night, didn't he? Oh, what well, it sure did. I did not expect the Cowboys to win that game in, in as convincing no, fashion as they did. No, uh, the offensive line showed up for Dallas. Everything that could happen good happened good for Dallas, except for you know the fact that Dallas winning the game. Every, well, no, well, everything good that could happen for Dallas happened good last night. Oh, I, I know. I, I just had the five-leg parlay in the no, last leg with the about, This is all about you, Andrew. When it comes to money, yeah. That's exactly how That's one of the reasons I quit gambling when I was first on the air. I used to gamble a lot. And when when a, when a guy would do badly on Sunday, I'd come on, I'd come on the air on Monday, and I would be... I would be livid and and way too detrimental to a guy that cost me money. I wasn't I wasn't objective at all. And I thought, no, that's not fair. That's not right. <laughs> the things I've learned just by doing uh, over the years is when you when you're actually losing money because of a guy, uh, you tend to be a little bit more uh, harsh. So uh, they're meeting currently, right now, with Sean Payton. This is the second time. 
that they will ma- mention to Sean Payton that 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 price is no object. The third time is when he signs. So now whether they whether they say that a third time to him or not uh, will be the indicator of whether he's their number one guy. Uh, and again, I've said all along, I'm not sure he's their number one guy. Sean Payton has said to everybody that would listen up to about a month ago that he really didn't want to coach uh, Russell Wilson, that uh, that Russell Wilson was not his, is not part of his druthers, it's not part of what he would like to do, not part of what he wanted he wanted it to come in and coach. But now Sean Payton, now that the 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 L.A. job didn't open up the Rams, uh, the L.A. job, the Chargers didn't open up. They fired their offensive coordinator. Big deal. Uh, so some of the jobs that he thought he was going to be in line for, so his his options are dwindling. He actually might be selling himself to the Broncos today. Where I, where I thought that would be the other way around, the Broncos selling themselves to him. Uh, but his options on, of, a, of a solid franchise with good ownership, with good tradition, with all the things that you're looking for, uh, for a long-term deal as a head coach. Uh, the Broncos are really at everybody's best option in my mind. Uh, and then there's the long-term dark horse. Who is the long-term dark horse? Andrew? That would be that would be David Shaw. Uh, he's the former Stanford Cardinal coach. They're, they're, uh, they've talked to him uh, in a, one conversation. I, I don't think they're done talking to him. Uh, but David Shaw, uh, it, it scares me a little bit because it's Stanford. Uh, it scares me a little bit because there's history. Not only with 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 uh, Condi Rice, there's history uh, with Greg Penner, who uh, did his uh, who went to Stanford for his some of his postgraduate work, uh, where he that's where he first knew Condi Rice from. Uh, so, but that and but David Shaw, the Broncos are the only ones. Who requested an interview with David Shaw? That, okay, that scares you a little bit. Why isn't anybody else interested? Well, uh, it gets curiouser and curiouser. The Broncos can't negotiate today, but they can mention price is no object. And if he's their guy, that will come up today. All right, so... Uh, uh, look at, looking at all of that, we're gonna, uh, we'll go... We'll, We'll run from that. Uh, so uh, uh, at this point, um, we've got uh, Rick Brewer coming up right after the break. We'll talk a little bit about uh, this, this Broncos search and what uh, what he may think going on there, uh, the playoffs, as well as uh, as well as uh, what's going on. I got a question on CSU that I have more for. Uh, Mark Cooper, who's catching, 
sent me photos of him catching all these fish, uh, which is ridic- a ridiculous photo of him catching fish all over the place. Big old, big old fish. Uh, but uh, we have some things to discuss there. So uh, coming up, uh, Rick Brewer, we're coming up right after the break. Stick around. How about a pair of pink sidewinders and a bright orange pair of pants? Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, Whiteley so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. Hello and welcome. Rick Brewer joins us on the show. Uh, Rick Brewer, a football analyst, uh, not only the, for our, our show, but he is the color commentator for all of the uh, football quest, uh, broadcasts on Colorado State University. And all-around cool guy. Uh, thank you, Gil. Happy to be on the air today. Uh, had a pretty busy day, man. We had a hiring vacancy here at John F. Kennedy with our head football coach, and we found a dynamite candidate. And I think I think George Payton's looking for a job. He's not working out as an intern at the station. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it sounds like you know, just postseason vacancies are 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 up in the air, and you know, football coaches definitely not short of any uh, applicants, but to get the right person is, is tough. And we ended up getting a young dude named Amari Reynolds, man. So we're stoked about that. I know it's high school football, but it matters to this community. So, uh, man, and that's what, what and, I've been working on. You want to remind people of what, what school that you're the uh, athletic director? You're the athletic director, right? Yeah, so assistant principal for the instructional piece and athletic director at John F. Kennedy High School. Uh, and do you remember how that uh, what John F. Kennedy did to be uh, have a high school named after him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a number of things. Most importantly, uh, passed the the Voting Act in order to make sure that uh, African Americans across the country had access. And so, wow, that, you think that was most importantly what he did? I well, besides Bobby, being president of the United States, I, I think Bobby <laughs> Kennedy was the one who actually got that pushed through after he died, didn't he? Well, see, the change of heart came. Uh, if you ever seen the movie The Butler, the change of heart came because yeah, I didn't care for that movie. It was tough. It was tough. It was a little. Well, no, it was just a little. It was a little Easy. self-serving. I don't like self-serving movies. Oprah gets a little too squishy. Got it. I'm with you. <laughs> so yeah. So I think you know John Kennedy. I think. Did a lot, a lot for oh, yeah, uh, African Americans no in, in this country, uh, and as a result, it cost him his he life. A, he was a, he was a, he was a tough guy. I mean, you know, a lot of, when he took office, everybody thought he was going to be a pushover, and they found out, yeah, that's not the case. Not at all. So uh, that's what I, yeah. So that's what I've been up to, Gil, and and uh, amongst other things, including uh, watching a little you know, bit of pigskin. I, I got a, I had a, a tweet this morning, and I, I exchanged a tweet with. Uh, with a friend of mine, Matt McChesney. Do you know Matt? Yes, actually, I've trained at Matt's gym before. Well, uh, Matt says uh, it says the offensive line coach at CSU is telling his players not to come work out with him. Uh, uh, and uh, well, I'm just telling you, I'm looking at that right now, and he says I'm not sure. Uh, you know, uh, 
he says, I'm not sure, not one of my guys uh, uh, is, is going to go play for CSU now, is what he said. All of his young guys are coming up. You'll just go to, to Colorado and you finish this, it, obviously, with Go Buffs. I hate that uh, stuff, man. That political it, stuff, man. No, Nobody's saying don't work out with this guy or that why, guy. Why, why would Why would an offensive line coach tell him not to work out with Machesi? Or do you think that that's just a rumor Machesi heard? And he is think, a little bit overboard the way he... He reacts to stuff. There you go. Exactly. So I know Matt, he's an intense dude. Uh, you know, we worked out last year, and he's 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 high level, man, no doubt. And it would no, be I like him. I, love him. I yeah. know him. I like yeah. the guy. Yeah, exactly. Me and you are on the same page there. I'm just, I'm just stating that to say uh, that he's a high-level dude, so it would be crazy not to have a guy train with him. I mean, the dude knows what he's talking about. He has experience on, on the D1 level at CU, and then obviously the teams he played for at, in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about a very talented strength and conditioning guy who knows the game, and he's not just working the guys out. He works on well, their mental. He works well, my on their point mental. Is, my point, I wish Mark were around because he's uh, he's catching fish and the Caribbean uh, at this point, or wherever else he is, where wherever there's warm water, um, uh, Mark Cooper has been there, and he's likely there now. Yep, uh, I love that man. I, yeah, but I think that's a little bit of the rumor. Are, are you a deep sea fishing guy? I am not. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say you should go down with Cooper. He'd take you with him. Yeah. Yep. I, I would. I would love to check that out. But yeah, man, I don't. I don't see that coming from Coach Best at all, man. I really don't. Uh, okay, uh, Coach check, yeah. uh, check, Do me a favor after we're off. To, uh, check with him, and then uh, and send me a, a text back, and I'll I'll clean that up. Please, yeah, because yeah, Coach Best is. I got to, as you know, being on the radio with that team. I traveled with them this year. And McChesney's and so, a, a CU guy, and and. Any opportunity to badmouth somebody, you know, you know that <laughs> I, I love him, but he, you know, he has the ability, he has the ability to, to to stay silent, but or oh, excuse me, he has the right to stay silent, but not the ability. <laughs> I love that, Gil. <laughs> uh, I love that perspective. Well, the uh, boy, I was very surprised by what happened last night oh. uh, in that game, but the offensive line showed up for. Uh, for Dallas, unbelievably, uh, uh, Dak Prescott maybe played his best game as a, certainly his best playoff game, but maybe his best game as a pro. Uh, but the offensive line really delivered. And uh, this morning, I'm hearing, well, did they, you know, did, uh, do you think that uh, uh, at 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 this point that 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 they've been exposed to the Ravens and Tom uh, has been ex- been exposed for what the different things he's doing. But uh, I, I think if anything, I think, uh, uh, I think it was, I think it was uh, uh, Wade Phillips uh, who exposed that, ex- exposed him. <laughs> Yeah, last, I mean, watching that game last night and just watching the way that, you know, the Dallas defense was able to, you know, really just get after Tom, it was like, it was, it was watching, you know, the demise now. I, I don't know. Maybe you got an insight of this, man. You know, do you think that 
you know, it's, it's just the, the intensity of a playoff game or a wild card game is just so much higher than regular season. And the Cowboys were just so tired of hearing the naysayers. Do you think they just, like, just said balls to the wall? Tom Brady doesn't like to get hit. And, and it was Wade Phillips that, that exposed him. Uh, going into Super Bowl 50, the AFC Championship game was here. And, uh, and Brady got hit 25 or 26 times by the Bronco defenders. Uh, and he fell apart. Yeah. So if you yep. get the Brady, if you get the Brady, he falls apart. So he wasn't exposed last night. I mean, the first guy to expose him to that was Wade Phillips, who has a very good record against Tom Brady. Right. No one has, no one has a great record against Tom Brady, by the way. Right. No, it's been it's been challenging, man, to to, to just watch what what Tom Brady's been able to do and just pick apart offenses or pick apart defenses with these these schemes and it looked like Dallas just had had his number last night and that was that was straight up madness man it was it, it was, I was tough to, I was tough very to watch him go down like that now Dallas just has two and a half days at home uh they travel they come back I mean uh, you know here you go uh San Francisco played on Saturday mm-hmm. and now they they, uh, they took a couple of days off they watched a Monday night football game uh Dallas had to travel uh, then they had to travel home. They got home last night about 3 a.m. Uh, they got uh, they got two and a half days in Dallas before they have to go back and travel again and go out to San Francisco. Uh, somehow that the, the the NFL schedulers really screwed up uh, doing it, doing what they did. But they were yeah. trying to they were trying to placate. Uh, all their national TV contracts. That, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. They you know, had to uh, get know, every team. Yep. So, yeah, uh, they, uh, yep. so that put Dallas in, in behind the, the loop. But boy, Dallas looked as good as anybody last night. I, uh, I picked. I have picked San Francisco to win it all. Uh, yeah. But we'll see what happens when they go to San Francisco, or will they still be tired and not prepared? Uh, like they like they were to face uh, uh, Tampa Bay last night. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what what Dallas brings to the table. I think it's going to be pretty competitive. I think you know, obviously, the Niners are going to be bringing it. They've had opportunity to rest. Um, they they squeaked by, no doubt about that. Uh, this weekend uh, against uh, with Miami, with or sorry, not Miami. Sorry, um, um, I'm getting it mixed up. Seahawks. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, it's just it was just interesting just to just see. Wait, I, I got it right. Why am I why am I messing this up, Gil? I, I don't know. Yeah, Seahawks, Seahawks. Yeah, I'm, I don't know where my mind is. Sorry about that, Gil. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, did, I thought they did better than squeak by. They were beating the Seahawks solidly the whole game. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where I messed that up. They did not squeak by. Don't worry my, about my boss. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but I'm excited to see the, the Niners versus the Cowboys. I mean, obviously, there's some rivalry implications there, you know, that exist, and and it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, the the key there is that they got to make the the travel schedule, you know, so that's going to be tough. You know, you're going from, uh, you know, Tampa on the East Coast, and now you're traveling to the West Coast, so you gain some hours, but that's a lot of playing time. You know, you're on the to be in the air, so 
the prep time. You mentioned two and a half days. Hopefully, you know, um, the Cowboys get the opportunity to really regroup. Hopefully they're not too high on the hog after winning a major divisional game like that because, you know, the lull is almost more dangerous than anything after you win a very passionate game like they did last night. What a great story this Brock Purdy has been. The guy was literally Mr. Irrelevant, the last mm-hmm. pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, he, had a, he had a rating of 131 over the weekend uh, against the Seahawks. Yeah, Brock, uh, yeah, Brock Purdy is anything but Mr. Irrelevant now. <laughs> it's kind of awesome to see. Man. He might yeah. get, he, he might be the guy taking him to the Super Bowl. I don't know if everybody gets healthy. Do you leave that kid in? I'm not. I, how can you pull him? Yeah, I mean his completion percentage is 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 getting there where it needs to be. You know, seventy is ideal, um, but sixty percent. I mean, the dude's doing okay. Um, just overall, and if you start to look at his ability to throw the touchdown, man, that guy can get it into the end zone, and and that's the most important part. And, you know, I mean. The three interceptions or whatever he's had, okay, you can deal with that if you're putting up. Well, he had three TVs, TDs and no interceptions in the biggest game of his life. Exactly. Exactly. So he's steadily improved uh, across the board, and, you know, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. Now, one heck of a story, right? We go to the to the playoffs. We go, like, as spectators, we start to see ourselves in the in the playoff scenario, and now you got a guy like Brock Purdy going in deep, right? And, and if he gets to the Super Bowl, just imagine what that those implications are for the NFL draft. That changes yeah. a lot of things Well, and how uh, players are viewed. A lot of things are going to happen this week. Uh, the, uh, Sean Payton is being interviewed as we speak for the Broncos mm-hmm. job. I'm not sure the Broncos have him as their number one candidate, and I'm not sure Sean Payton has the Broncos as the number one team he wants to go to. So yeah. we'll, we'll, and they're not going to negotiate today. They're just interviewing, but they're out there in person. Uh, if the Broncos decide Sean Payton is their guy, they will get him. I promise you that. Oh, no uh, doubt about it. We, we got to take it. We got to run. We got to come back, talk a little bit. Nuggets. Uh, the bachelor doesn't start for another week. So uh, we'll, and, and no, I'm not going to ask you to cover the bachelor with me. Because I won't, I won't, I won't be covering it on the air. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I will a little bit. Let me know. Well, you already know who to call for that one. Uh, yeah, I, 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 she has to call me. I know more about it than she does. <laughs> Copy all those, that. All her, all her, all her, all her dippy friends are part of that whole deal. Exactly. So I think she knows a little more. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you like Let the me term know. Dip, You like that term, dippy friends? Because yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on air. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, we're on the air. Yeah. You are such a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back at Amadez after this. All right. perspective, experience, and a sense of humor. If you don't get it, listen closer. Gil Whiteley says things you need to think about. If you're wondering if he just said that, he did. Whiteley so. Mile High Sports. Adam Mendez joins us from DNVR. Uh, and Adam, how are you doing, sir? Gil, I'm doing good, man. 
I'm doing yeah, good. I'll be, How are you? I'll, be the, I'll be the judge of that. Ask me in <laughs> minutes. Uh, it seems to me, even though, even though he got the minutes in, okay? Yeah. Even though he got the minutes in, uh, it, it seems to me that, that he held Jokic out for too long uh, uh, in that game. And, and, and I think he's trying to test the waters to see if, if this team can somehow hold up without him. Uh, he waited too long after the, going out at the end of the third period and then bringing him back in to what, like the seven-minute mark in the fourth period? Uh, in that game, Gil, I should have. You know what I should have done? I should have placed a bet that what, first thing when I hop on the show and the Nuggets are number one in the West and they're on a six-game win streak, whether Gil was going to have something exciting and positive to say, well, you know, or if I, he was going to have think, a complaint. I, I look for good things in the losses, and I look for That's fault true. in the wins. I mean, the fault and the win in this one, I mean, look, I'm with you. Sometimes I'm sitting there in a close game, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm looking at Nicole on the bench, and I'm pulling yes. my hair out. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But okay. the thing is, not, so, so I'm I with you on this. I, I would like the first to come time in. since you and I have been talking, uh, and, and, and Malone's had the job, I think Malone's doing a fantastic job this year. Yeah. I mean, I've been a detractor of his. Well, I, I mean, I'm still mixed on him. I mean, there's still some decisions earlier yeah. on. What I, the way I would say it is this, Gil. I think, I think he has made some adjustments over the last six weeks, four weeks, whatever it's been, that I think have been good. Trusting Zeke Naji off the bench, to me, has been a big one. Yeah, um, Naji coming back into the, into the fold or into the, into the mix uh, yeah. is a good decision, yes. He was, and he was always there. I don't, know, I don't think there was a good reason he wasn't playing earlier. So it's uh, not even, you know, I mean, so we're giving him credit for being a little late, you know, for, for finally doing I'll something. Call, I'll call Malone and I want to get see if he'll give me a reason. <laughs> yeah, see if he's got one for you. But um, you know, but 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 to your point, when I'm watching the Orlando game, my issue was more they were up 15 points at at the half, and the Nuggets have built this winning streak, and really it's not just the six games; it's been those, you know, they won 13 of 16 or something like that. And over that stretch, they won because they've been playing connected basketball. That was a word George Carl used to always use. You play connected. The team all seems to be in sync. And what I saw in that third quarter against Orlando was a team that was like, oh, we're up 15. Here's a chance for me to get some points and kind of pat. We're up big. We don't need – we can go away from the process. And I thought Nicola in particular just kind of sat back and watched it happen. He thought, oh, these guys are going to go a little rogue. I'll just let them do it. And then you find yourself in a close game that, quite frankly, they should have lost. I thought the Magic blew the game as much as Denver won it. Yeah, I, and, I agree. And and so that's my complaint. And Malone leaving Jokic out, you're right, but it should have never got to that point. Nikola's next step, in my opinion, a part of his evolution is when those moments are happening in the third quarter, when the team starts going off and not playing through you and kind of just getting a little lazy – you need to get the team together and tell them, hey, we're not doing this tonight. We're up, we were up 15. We need to close this game out so we don't need to play the fourth. That's what I wanted to see from Nicola. And, and it's awful. It, uh, I mean, it's almost, uh, it, it, it's almost uh, unbelievable that you said they're leading the West. Well, they're, 
they have the tiebreaker and they're tied. So that, so that, that hey, that's uh, we in the West. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, but, uh, but man, you man, is it the is it the cloudy skies today, Gil? Is it the cold weather? What is, you're seeing the uh, the silver cloud in a blue sky today? I think. No, I know. I and, and in fact, I, uh, I I I think right now, I think Malone has to, okay, just say to himself, okay, we have to win the West. To if we want to, if we're seriously going to try and win the championship this year. We have to win the West. Uh, if they finish second, they got to make sure uh, one of those teams they can't beat isn't first. How's that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you're right. I'll, I'll tell you this. One of the things about the schedule, and I look at this stuff every year, it's not a lock that the Nuggets are going to be a top two seed. But if you were to put Las Vegas odds on it right now, it would be something like 80% chance Denver is a top two seed. They have a five-game cushion right now in the loss column on the third-place New Orleans Pelicans. In yeah. five games, they're over halfway and, through and, the season. And, five and games the Pelicans, is a lot. And the Pelicans will not be in, in, the, in the top six. Now, the, now, the Pelicans will be fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. They I don't want to be in the top four. Well, here's, here's how I look at the standings and how I read them. Number one seed would be great. I don't know that it's that important because it's going to be Denver or Memphis. One of those two teams, to me, is almost certainly going to be the top seed. You look at the, the teams they're going to face, I, we don't know who will be seven, who will be eight. You don't know that because of the play-in. You don't know that until a day or two before the game starts. It's going to be the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers, the Blazers, or the Timberwolves. It's going to be one of those teams. Some of those are really tough. The Lakers, the Suns, if they get healthy at the right point, you know, maybe even the Warriors fall down there. The Clippers, we know, have Kawhi and Paul George. So yeah. I look at it and I go, I don't think that if you're the one seed or the two seed, I don't you think get, it really matters because you're going to have a game, tough one. Yeah. And I don't think Memphis personally is good enough to, even if they were the one seed, I don't think they would make it to the Western Conference Finals anyways. I mean, it's less than a 50% chance. So you might end up getting the two seed and still never play a road game or a road series. It's almost say. uncanny to look at the, the Nuggets' uh, win-loss. They're... they're, they're... Their 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 records in home and away. They're both nineteen and three at home. They're both eleven and ten on the road. <laughs> uh, you know, they both average one hundred and seventeen points a game. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy how similar their 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 records are. Unfortunately, Memphis has won ten in a row. And the Nuggets only eight and two uh, <laughs> in the yeah. last ten. Isn't it crazy? Uh, I mean, they've won nine in a row. Denver's on a streak right now, six in a row. They've won nine in a row. So it's, it's one of those things, man. You got the good. Once you get to the top here, the teams are good. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, the year George Carl got fired, they ended up finishing third in the West. Uh, their home record. Yeah. They only lost three games at home all year. The Nuggets have already yep. lost three. But I'm not sure they can afford to. They can't lose. They can't lose any game frivolously. Uh, if they I lose agree. a hard, if they lose a hard-fought game, okay, so be it. But if they if they just are frivolous in losing a game or two, uh, that that's going to cost them. I think Malone's got to Malone's got to stay on top of that. 
Well, Malone does, but I think Nicola had a great quote after the game. I mean, he had a game winner. We haven't even mentioned it, but he hit another in a oh, long line of un- game winners. Unbelievable. More, more, more game winners in the last five seasons than any player, other player in the NBA, by the way. Um, and that doesn't even count game-winning assists, which we know he has a handful of. But um, he had a great line after the game where he said, I think bad teams lose games even when they play great, and good teams win games even when they play bad. And that's what happened in that game. I mean, yeah. Orlando's a bad team. They played very well, and they still lost. Denver's a good team. They did played very poorly in the second half, and they still won. And there's something to that. You just find a way. Even in games when the things, the process isn't good, you find ways to win. And Nikola's that type of player where he just found a way to get that team a victory uh, when they probably had no business getting it. Um. Looking at looking at, uh, at what the second half looks like, because we're basically at the halfway point of the season, uh, and uh, uh, the, the Nuggets yep. uh, uh, Nuggets have about uh, about the same right now. They're both they're you sitting there with about the same amount of games played. Uh, they've got uh, 22 games at home and 21 games uh, on the road. So. Uh, they're, you know, they have about the same equal going in, back in the second, in the second half, but uh, uh, they have played more. They have played a lot within the division, uh, and and they're twenty-two yeah. and nine in their conference. If you look at the Grizzlies, that uh, they're fifteen and ten uh, in the conference. Yeah, I mean Denver. Who do you play in the playoffs? You play your conference. Yeah. You know what? So it's a good sign when you have. But I, I will say this: Denver has a bunch of conference games coming up, though, in the next month. Uh, to me, Denver's doing what they were supposed to do. They had a home-heavy schedule in January, and they've been winning those games. They're on a streak. I, they have another week of this. They're home for another week, and I think they have a chance to to be in sole possession of the number one seed in the West here by the end of the week or or end of next week. But then they have the test. They're going to go on the road and they're going to play at New Orleans. They're going to play at Philadelphia, at Milwaukee. You know, they have some tough road tests coming up. Um, and that's where I think the Nuggets are going to really learn a lot about themselves. But I'll tell you this, Gil. There's what your record is. There's what the stats say. But then you're just, you watch the team play. And that's what's encouraging to me is this Nuggets team looks to me at their best. Their peak looks better than we've seen outside of the bubble. And that to me is what's so encouraging. The uh, uh, the West, uh, the East has eight teams with winning records uh, at this point, uh, yeah. if you look at it, and, and with winning records, and uh, uh, and and looking at this right now, uh, the East, the West has six teams that have more wins than losses. Uh, has the balance switched to the East? A little bit. I mean, I think the, the Boston Celtics are the team that, you know, them and Denver to me look like the best teams. You know that Milwaukee with Giannis, their peak is very high. The 76ers are on a big win streak right now. Um, you know, you've got a lot of teams out there that I think are pretty good. So maybe it has, but the win-loss at this point in the season, I mean, we know the Phoenix Suns, when they have all of their guys, are a good team. So they have a losing record. But let's not kid ourselves. Booker's been out a month. Chris Paul's been out. out. Aiton's been out for a bit. Cam Johnson's been out since the, the first week of the season. So that's a good team in hiding. The Clippers haven't been playing. I don't know if the Clippers are a good team or if they're just a good collection of players that's actually a bad team. They might be. I'm starting to think they're that. But we know they're better than what their record says. They just never play their guys. 
So I think the West has some sleeping, I don't want to call them giants, but, but sleeping obstacle courses <laughs> out there in the West. So I think they're a little more evenly split, but I think the league is evenly split. I mean, you look at a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder who aren't trying to win it all this year, that's a tough team to beat. I just think the league is more so than ever has 20 good teams. So in your mind, both Phoenix and the Lakers are going to make the playoffs? I mean, right now I think they're both one game out of the play-in, um, you know, and they get their guys back here in the next month, Anthony Davis for the Lakers and then, uh, you know, Devin Booker for the Suns. I- I'm not counting them out, and this is why this season is going great for Denver, but I do think they're going to get a really tough first-round matchup, whether it's a one or two seed. I, 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 they no excuses. They're good enough. They should be able to beat anyone. But I do think it's gonna. It's not going to be the typical. Oh, you got the Utah Jazz. You got a, an up and coming young team that's never been there. You might get LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the first round, and it's just it's just going to be tough. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's imperative that uh, that they win all the games they're supposed to, and they don't lose any frivolous games in the second half, and I think they win the West. Uh, I, I like it. I like their chances. You know, I, and I'm not negative. I wasn't negative today. I mean, you were your regular sunshine self, Gil. I am. I am a, I'm a bucket <laughs> sunshine of sunshine. Sunshine Gil, man. I am. That's what I'm going to have to start calling you. It. Sunshine uh, Gil. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy into that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it, sir. Uh, yeah. Adam Mata is the only show that Adam Mata actually appears on is this one. That's true. That's Amara, true. Amara's guy's all over the place. <laughs> we will see you later. Thanks, Adam. Take, take care, buddy. Gil Whiteley gives you reasons, not excuses, and Whiteley so. Hello and welcome back. Uh, we're looking at, uh, at what's going on. Uh, currently, it may be over by now, but uh, Sean Payton has been interviewing in person uh, with your Denver Broncos. And uh, the dynamic has changed a little bit. I have never, and I've done, even on this show, I have said the entire time, uh, I don't know if Sean Payton is their number one choice. I would be very surprised if, if they hired Dan Quinn, a defensive coordinator, but with the way the Broncos' defense broke down at the end of the, the season, especially that Ram game, uh, and the way that uh, uh, Everett blew his head coaching interview with the Broncos, uh, that Dan Quinn doesn't become more of a positive uh, for them, and it would be it would be the search at that point if they hire Quinn to get the right guy to be offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, and so the Broncos, uh, the Broncos know they have the compensation uh, is in place. 
to get to get Sean Payton if they want him. Uh, they know they have they they've already had that discussion. So if they want if if they want Sean Payton, they know it, it won't be painless. But uh, their late round pick, which is San Francisco's, uh, will be enough to do that. Maybe there'll be a third round pick that goes with it. I, I'm really not quite sure. Uh, you rarely see compensation for coaches uh, when they move on, but it, it, it's not unprecedented, but it rarely happens. Uh, I would love for it to be Sean Payton. I think he would be a, a uh, and, and, I, and, and I, when I say that, it's not just what can he do, what can Sean Payton do with Russell Wilson? Uh, because I think he can do a lot with him. He can help him a lot. But Sean Payton is the guy that will be here for eight or ten years. And it's what Sean Payton will build uh, over the uh, and, and rebuild the Broncos franchise to being the, the once proud franchise that it was. Because right now, it has not been that. And Greg Penner came out and said, yeah, that's not good enough. Uh, so I think they have to look at Sean Payton as being a long-term guy that has the power. And they've already said that the football coach will have more power uh, than, uh, than, in fact, what Nathaniel Hackett had. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We're, um, we're looking at uh, we're looking at the new coach for the Broncos will have more power. The new coach of the Colorado Buffs will have more power. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the former coaches that are, are fired at both of those places didn't have the kind of power they needed or, the, or what they needed. And they ended up getting a little short-shifted. Uh, but that's the way the world works. Everybody doesn't get the same deal. Uh, but you have to earn your respect. It's not just granted. If you and I shake hands, I grant you respect until you screw it up, until you say or do something stupid. And then uh, if you lose your respect from me as a man, okay, if you lose your respect from me, it's hard to get it back. I grant you that respect when we're shaking hands. Uh, I just That's the way I am. So if I meet you and, I, and we, you're somewhere and I meet you and someone introduces me, then I give you the respect uh, until you screw it up. But uh, that's not always the way of the world when it comes to NFL coaching. But the, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, who the Broncos' choice is. I think David Shaw kind of surprises me. And it's been very weary, as you know, Adam, I mean, Andrew, I've been weary of the fact that that Stanford connection is not only there with Condi Rice, it's there with Greg Penner. Uh, Condi was very involved in the hiring of the new coach at Stanford just recently. Uh, and and uh, David Shaw is not a candidate or is not scheduled an interview with any other uh, NFL teams other than the Broncos uh, at this hiring period that's going on. 
Why is that? I don't know. Uh, you know, if, if in fact, the, if, the, if he's the Broncos' future, why is, why is it only the Broncos that know that? Why are another team saying, oh, yeah, we got to talk to this guy? Uh, so that keeps me a little hesitant. Okay, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Stick around. Uh, we got lots going on Mile High Sports all day long. I will see everybody tomorrow. Uh, seriously, be safe. It's tough out there.